When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Six Rings and Football Things is back, and we are back to talk about another Patriots victory. I'm Andy Hart. He is Chris Shime Time Shime. And the Patriots have won two in a row. They are now three and three, back to 500, have a little, dare I say, momentum, even though, unfortunately Woo! for them, they're still in last place in the AFC East. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're moving on up, doing what they can do. So, Shime, I want to talk to you. So, a week ago, we talked about the fact that one in three football team versus one in three football team. They said, whoa, 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 we're better than one in three. We're better. Yeah. If, if that's one in three, we're better than that. Yeah. Okay. Battle of two and three football teams in Cleveland. Battle of backup quarterbacks in Cleveland. And the Patriots pretty much controlled the game wire to wire, led wire to wire, Got a little weird for a short time there in the fourth quarter, but for the most part, distanced themselves from the Cleveland Browns and said, okay, mm -hmm. if that's two and three team, we're better than a two and three team. So now I say two games into the six game soft stretch of the schedule, where are we going with these New England Patriots? I think they're a decent team. Like, I think they're frisky, but I don't think they're like frisky. a. That's good. Yeah. yeah like, I don't think. I think Bill Belichick affords you the ability to stay in just about every game outside, maybe the bills games um, stay in just about every single game because he's just that good of a coach. And I think this team has some talent. There's spots where that are shining a little bit more than others. Um, but as long as you don't turn the football over, this team's going to be in every game. They're not going to win every game, but they're going to be hanging around at the very least. I'm glad you brought up Bill Belichick because um I think he's enjoying a little bit of a renaissance, whatever you want to call this. And I know he's always been good, but I, yeah. I think the last couple of years, there's been some ups and downs and and just last year, I did not think they were an overly, if you used most of the metrics, they didn't come off as an overly well-coached football teams. They did a yep. lot of dumb stuff that dumb teams do over the last couple of weeks, uh, certainly defensively with number one offense. <laughs> we'll see what you are, number one offense. And then number one rush attack, you held him in check. Nick Chubb was yeah. a non-factor, had one rush early for like whatever it was, 15 yards, and then finished with 56 yards on the day. 12 for 56 is not a good Nick Chubb day. No, and he did that without Lawrence Guy. He did that with Christian Barmore leaving in the first half. And and I say he, that's not fair. The Patriots, Steve yep. Belichick, Gerard Mayo, the whole staff. Yes, yeah. but he did that. And we all know, and we'll get into it later in the second segment, he's doing this with a third string fourth round rookie quarterback under center and piecing it together with a with a still learning still green staff on that side of the ball so I don't mean to play Fitzy's side of the street here and be like super homer guy but 
these other guys just don't measure up to Bill Belichick. Like it becomes even at 70, even at it's apparent. Yeah. Like I'm not a Stefanski guy. I know Bill, you know, oh, they're well coached. They're not well coached. He's not a good coach. He comes out in like spread and decides he's going to throw the ball early. And I'm like, don't you have, don't you have the number one rushing attack? Don't you have Nick Chubb? Chubb? What are you doing? yeah. Well, so uh, the the issue there is is Stefanski's plan is to come out in three wide every single time, and it's if you load the box, I throw, and if you don't, I run because Nick Chubb has faced the least heavy boxes in all of football, right. and that's that's a Stefanski thing. And I think there are some things Stefanski does well as an offensive coach, but when you have Jacoby Brissett, you need to know, okay, let's try and win this game with Nick Chubb. Let not let's come out throwing with Jacoby Brissett, and oh, we turn the ball over right away, and so. I think that's what makes him different from being a really good offensive coordinator and a good head coach. Right. And so that distance between Bill Belichick and the competition, which you'll see again this week, I'm assuming with Matt Eberflus. And as we well, I don't continue- think it's very good. No. And as we continue down the road uh, and we always talk about that, it's not like we, we don't give Bill as just do. We always say like Bill's good for a couple wins. Bill yep. like is going to keep you. And I think that's where I believe this team is going. I actually don't think they're, trajectory is is an impressive one it's it's what I thought coming in they're going to be a mediocre football team that by the end of the year will be around 500 maybe a couple things go their way maybe other teams suck maybe other teams kick away games and they can sneak into the back end of the playoffs but I really haven't seen anything to lead me to believe that I was wrong when I said they were a nine and eight football team. I also think though that he is helped by the state of the NFL currently, right? Yeah. Because I think Belichick is, is, is having a good season so far as a coach, but at the same time, the NFL is just right now, when you look at it, it's the bills and chiefs are at the very, very top alone amongst themselves. Then it's the Eagles right below that basically in their own tier. And we still don't know exactly what the Eagles are, but they're undefeated and they're pretty good. And then it's literally everyone else in the next tier, because at any point in time, any of those teams in that next tier that face each other, either team can win. That's the kind of parody that's in the NFL right now. And then the Panthers and Texans are like all the way at the bottom because they can't really do that. And Um, as Tom Brady said, it's bad foot. There's a lot of bad football. Exactly. you you said any of those teams can win. I also think any of those teams can lose. Like they Bingo. can just exactly. take it away. They can do stupid things. Um, and we're just seeing across the NFL questionable coaching, some questionable quarterback play in various places. It's not not really any different than the story we've seen. I will just say, other than the Bills and the Chiefs, like the Eagles. I think they even still have maybe some questions to answer for um, sure. Big picture as to who they are. But I mean, I think the perfect exemplification of this is this week, week six, you get a matchup between the five and one New York Giants (laughs) and the two and four Jacksonville Jaguars. Andy, if the Jaguars beat the Giants by 10 points next Sunday, would you be surprised? Absolutely not. And that's the kind of state of the NFL we're in. A five and one team getting beaten by 10 points by a two and four team is completely in the realm of possibility. And that's where that five and one team is not like a circa 2000, whatever Tom Brady, five and one Colts, five and one of that era. And I do think the bills have, even though it's, it's weird with the bills because Kansas city's on one level because Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they've been there. They've done that MVP, super bowl, hall of fame, the whole thing. Um, The bills are ready to become that. They just don't have the hardware to go along with it. 
yeah. you know, Allen is a MVP caliber quarterback. He's the he's, favorite for MVP right now. And he may have one at the end of the year, but he's never won an MVP. Sean True. McDermott, we feel like has turned the corner over the last year plus to become a really good coach, but he doesn't have a ring. Like he's yep. not a Hall of Fame coach. So they're still right on that cusp. And then everybody else trickles in uh, behind that. So, okay. So I think we are relatively positive about the Patriots right now. I would say so. Winning the games you're supposed to win, uh, distant, upper middle classing yourself, like, oh, I'm not way down there. I might not be way up there, but I'm in here somewhere, like the middle class range. And I want to play a little game with you, and I'm going to call this the Hope Squad. Okay. And they're like this new, they're not the Avengers, really. They're not the X-Men. They're the Hope Squad. They're the Hope Squad and Patriots jerseys. Reasons why maybe they could end up a little bit better or why they could steal that one game that might be the difference between postseason or no postseason. So I'm going to start with a guy that I think, even though he's playing a lot, he's already, I believe, tied his career high in sacks or is like on his way. Like, I think Dietrich Wise has been phenomenal. I completely agree with you. I don't think he's getting, you know, his just desserts, as they say. Uh, I heard Gerard Mayo talking about him today, and and clearly Mayo and I are like-minded. I've said this to you guys. Dietrich Wise doesn't look great. Like, he's kind of got weird biomechanics or gait, <laughs> and, like, he looks fragile to me. Like, he's a big dude. Don't get me wrong. Big, muscular, but also looks like an arm could fall off at any time or a leg. Yep. Um, but he's playing, like... 85% of the snaps he's on the field at all times. He's on the field more than like he's Matt a captain Gino. too, isn't he? He's the captain. He is having, we often mock this and I think it's year six, like the year six jump, all these, Oh yeah, that guy's going to have a breakout season, you know, in the second half of his, <laughs> he's absolutely having a breakout season. hundred percent. Like, and, and that's a reason because I feel like I, I don't have the numbers. Maybe you PFF geek types have them. Yep. Is the, like, the combined pressures or even like the shared pressures or something between Judon and Wise, like they meet at the quarterback a lot or they pressure one into the other. Judon pressures it to Wise, Wise pressures it to the other. Like their combined pressures has the opportunity, if they can do this all year, to take this defense to the next level or at least keep it at a higher level longer. Yeah, the, the issue with Wise is right. He, uh, on a national level at least, he plays second fiddle to Matt Judon. Yep, and, he's and he not, should. That's fine. Yeah, 100% because Matt Judon is an animal. Um, and he's done it for, you know, he's a three straight time Pro Bowler or four straight. Yeah, three, three well, straight and it's a guy that averages, you know, seven, eight sacks a season. Like it's right. not, it's not Dietrich Wise who is finally having a breakout year who has had, you know, uh, what, five, six sacks like uh, as a career high. Right. Um, so I, I think he deserves a ton of credit for the mentality that this defense has, that the character that the, this defense has. And I think that's a big part of it. I think you can clearly identify him as a leader on this defense. And he is he's becoming part of that identity. And he doesn't get enough credit because his numbers don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. It's not something you can look at a box score and be like, wow, Dietrich Wise had a really good game today. You and he doesn't to have red at- sleeves either. He exactly. Red sleeves or something. Yeah, that would be nice. Maybe, ooh, no, he needs a different color. Maybe go with like yellow or something, stand out. Chartreuse. Ooh, okay, Andy. I see you. <laughs> you really dug in the Crayola crayon box there. Good job. Um, But no, he, he just, he doesn't stand out on the play sheet. And so you're casual football watchers and and fans don't necessarily recognize how much of an impact he has unless they're like intently watching the game. 
Now I'm going to truly label him part of the hope squad because I'm going to say this and it has a negative tone to it. I hope he can keep doing this because I'm not sure the amount that he's playing and the level that he's playing at is sustainable for almost anyone. Never mind him sort of in a new role, a bigger role as his career goes on here. Well, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he's he's play he plays uh, yeah, like in the high 80% of snaps. That's, that's a lot of freaking snaps. No, I I agree. Uh but I think the thing that he has going for him too is that again, he isn't the focal point of the defense. It's a guy right. like Matt Judon. And so he's not the one drawing double teams all the time and drawing constant chips from tight ends and, and receivers and things like that. So I think he uh, sustains a little bit less of the damage that someone like Matt Judon does, which allows him to stay on the field so much. Okay, so we're part of the Hope Squad and maybe the leader of the Hope Squad is Judon. I, we've already oh, sort of sure. touched on him. The hope with him is that, again, he can finish the year the way he's starting the year. And, yep. and I do believe they've they've sort of monitored his snaps a little bit more. He's been below he's really 50 snaps. So I think the plan for him, I think the plan for the team, the coaches, is to keep Judon, you know, load managed, as they say in the NBA, to finish strong. Kyle Duggar, coming off last week's performance, had an interception early in the game, as you mentioned, had the strip sack uh, recovery and touchdown a week earlier against the Lions. He was all over the field early in Cleveland. I think he had like eight tackles like that, like in the first quarter, quarter and a half of action. Um, I think he's a guy that if you if you're building this hope squad, you hope he continues to evolve as a playmaker. I know he got beat by Njoku on one pass down the sideline, and I know coverage is not his forte, his Strong strength. Suit. But, you know, I, I don't think he's incapable of covering no, either. You just gotta he's pick. also young. Right, like, and he's, he's going to learn. He's a second-year player. And he's going to learn the tricks and the ins and the outs of doing that. But I think Kyle Duggar, and a lot of us have been kind of I guess, waiting for this or hoping yep. for this for a year, year plus now of take his game to the next level, enter into that conversation of some of the better, strong safeties, versatile safeties in the NFL. And I think maybe over the last couple of weeks, we're seeing him trend in that direction. Yeah, and I think this is another guy that needs a little bit of load management as well. We need to make sure that he's kind of maintains health. And it helps that he has guys like Adrian Phillips and Devin McCourty uh, to, to guide him. And I think that that's, what puts him possibly quite possibly in the best position uh, amongst this hope, the hope squad, uh, because he has two specific veterans that he's learning from one that's, uh, that is specifically good at one side of playing safety and the other who is a little bit more versatile and more well-rounded. And so he can kind of understand the game from different perspectives and different angles, but also still be what he is and be as good as he is. And, and, and so that rotation I think is really valuable for him because it allows him to learn the game from different uh, different perspectives, and and I think he has the ability to continue to grow. I don't think we have seen uh, anywhere close to the ceiling that Kyle Duggar has. And uh, the youngest member of the Hope Squad, and again, not everybody can make the Hope Squad. Adrian Phillips, good player, but I actually think he kind of is what he is at this point. I'm not sure he can do much more, become much more. The youngest member of the Hope Squad that I want to get to is Jack Jones, your rookie mm -hmm. cornerback, who we haven't really seen, I think, um, reach his even his early rookie potential because we haven't had the corners all on the field together it's been yep. mills is out jonathan jones is out like mm -hmm. when they can get all of their corners healthy and on the field and you can pick your spots where you want jack jones what role you want him filling on a personnel group basis week to week basis i just like him you know we talked about it in the summer i think it was otas like he's a ball hawk 
He yep. has swagger. He's confident. We've seen all of that. He has ball skills. He almost had another great interception last week um, against Cleveland on the goal line there. I just, he is evolving, and I'm not ready to say he's better than J.C. Jackson, even though J.C. Jackson's struggling in, in L.A. because J.C. Jackson was good for the Patriots. But Jackson's also dealing with injuries. Like, it's a whole thing. He is, and he's dealing with an idiot for a head coach who's probably yep. screwing 100%. up his game. Um, but Jack Jones, if he can be some semblance of a cover corner, playmaking corner, rookie, you know, not number one corner, but just in the mix among your best coverage guys, that adds depth and playmaking to this defense that I wasn't sure it was going to have. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of hope for Jack Jones, but I also I really want to see him against a legit number one receiver, right? Because I want to see him against someone like Steph Diggs. I'm excited to see him against someone maybe like Justin Jefferson. I want to see if he gets his just lunch. Just oh, you want to see him get burnt? <laughs> well, no, 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 because I think if if you're you know if you're following him on Twitter and watching the game and stuff, there were moments where Jack Jones was amazing in that game. Like, he's very, very good. Again, like you said, he's an exceptional ball hawk. He's a very good feel for finding the football. But there's also times in certain situations where that's not necessarily uh, the case, where he is getting absolutely left behind. There was a play specifically, like a, a video of, I think it was Donovan People jones just leaving him in the dust. But Jacoby Brissett just never looked to the left side right. of the field. So... Jack Jones gets away with it and it's fine and that's okay. But if you're facing a quarterback, like, I mean, even like a Kirk cousins, if you're on Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen leaves you in the dust eight times out of 10, Kirk cousins is going to find him. And so I, I want to see in those situations, how he fares, because I want to see exactly how much he needs to learn and how much he needs to grow. I don't think we quite have the gauge on exactly where Jack Jones is yet. Yeah, if you set the um, over-under at, let's say, two and a half oh-crap plays for Jack Jones over the, the rest of the season, I'll take yeah, I'll the take over. I'll take the over. Absolutely. Yeah. But to me, the fact that we anytime you have a rookie cornerback, certainly a mid-round rookie cornerback, who you want on the field, who like you want to see more of, yep. and see, like, it's a okay, positive. what are... Like, that's good. Yeah. Like, usually rookie corner... Hell, Usually corners that are drafted in any way in New England either never get on the field or when they do, we want you to get them back off the field. Very, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yes, he's so far ahead of what we've come to expect or accept for Patriots drafted cornerbacks that I think that may also be part of the excitement. But OK, so let's go quick to the offensive side of the ball. I have um, a couple names that are obvious, I think. First and foremost is Ramondre Stevenson, who just. He's just good. And now I will He's say the awesome. one downside, he looked gassed in that game about the third quarter. He looked absolutely gassed. Um, he is recording essentially career highs tag together game by game um, coming off the 25 uh, for 161 against the Lions. He's back out there this week, toting the rock, couple touchdowns, not a huge day, but a couple touchdowns, 70, whatever yards on the ground. Um, I think he's going to learn and evolve to be, a workhorse. He has he hasn't been a workhorse since junior college. So there's yeah. like there's like getting his body used to that, getting mind right, grind right kind of mentality that I am going to take 20 hits this game and I can't tap out or I can't take the next series off when I have a tough series like yep. and and Damian Harris will be back, but the Ramondre Stevenson potential growth playmaking he just is he's just a really good running back and I think the rest of the world is starting to figure that out. 
Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of the nerds, I know you don't like them necessarily, but we're nope. on this uh, in the offseason. Like Ramondre Stevenson, low key, was a breakout potential. Candidate. Wait a minute. I predated the nerds. I've been saying this since like the beginning of last year. So why yeah, don't I, I get credit? Why are you no, credit no, no, the know, nerds? I'm just, I'm just saying that Screw you're saying nerds. people will realize that. I'm saying that some of the nerds were very much on this with all their oh, okay. underlying statistics, like yards after contact and, 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 and just like, uh, uh, Net, like intent or net yards or whatever the number like a uh, uh, intended uh, intended rush yards and oh, actual uh, rush yards and expected or whatever expected that's the word yeah. I was looking for thank you um and so Ramondre was like kind of in that area of the football universe if you will as a breakout candidate and I think you're finally starting to be like oh okay now everybody's starting to realize how good this kid is because he is getting a workload that is very rare in today's NFL. Yep. Not everybody gets this kind of workload. And last week he handled it nearly flawlessly. Like, was it an amazing game running the football? No, but it didn't need to be. He was averaging four yards a carry still. He had two touchdowns. He was also, what, he caught uh, four balls out of the backfield. Like, did the job. The kid is just good. He's yep. flat out good. And uh, and I think people will f- are finally starting to understand that. And I think another guy on the offense who's young, and intriguing and people are going to find out that he may be actually good and it kind of plays in line with the uh, jack jones discussion we just had Ooh, a second round wide receiver who gets right back out there and has two touchdowns one rushing one through the air and is showing people what i've been telling you guys we were all uh, i think misled to believe that this was just a speed burner down the field big play guy tyquan thornton is more than that joe judge talked a little bit about it today that He has some lateral quickness, uh, short area quickness, route running ability that I don't think people really usually marry up with these four, two, eight or whatever the hell he runs type guys. And I know Fitzy still has his fears that he's too skinny and he's going to break every time, whatever. Uh, And maybe who knows that may play out. I the Patriots aren't worried about that. You've seen that with the way they've used him since he came back immediately. As soon as he could from IR, they put him back out there. And I'm interested to see where Tyquan Thornton goes um, and certainly not so interested in seeing Nelson Aguilar come back. Yeah, I haven't necessarily seen the lateral quickness that Joe Judge has. So that's something that I still want to see more of. But there is no doubt that this kid can just straight up fly. Um, and, and I do think, though, that his, his route running, or at least his release off the line of scrimmage, is better than I thought it would be. He had one release in particular that was – very, very good off the line this past week. Kind of left the cornerback in the dust. Um, and so I'm I'm excited to see where he goes, but I don't necessarily I don't I'm not buying all the way in on the hype yet on Tyquan Thornton. I'm excited to see where the rest of this podcast goes because we are a growing Patriots community. Six rings and football things. We're talking about a winning streak. We're talking about In the coming moments, a quarterback controversy potentially. And as always, if you want to interact with us, it's at Six Rings Pod on Twitter. It's Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us a comment, a question, and please download the Odyssey app to listen to us or subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast provider.